Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Relationships Rule. This is another one of those occasions that is really special because when I first started out with my podcast early on, I I, I probably didn't know what I was doing, but anyway, I got started and I just jumped in and I did my podcast. And I know that things have improved as I've gone along. And so one of the things that's really fun is to be able to bring someone back to my podcast for a second interview who was in that first batch of, of interviews that I did. And so today I have a special guest, one of those people, Alla Bardov. First of all, welcome to the show, Alla. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your podcast, Janice. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And what's so special is I went back and looked at the first time you were on the show, which was actually over three years ago. I can't believe it. It was over three years ago. And we had just met not long before that um, at an event in Salt Lake City, actually. And you were um, in the midst of your sales career and a really um, going strong with your sale, uh, selling for success, I think it's called, selling for success. Sell yourself for success. Oh, yes. Sorry, I knew I had it wrong. Sell yes. yourself for success and all the programs that go with it. And I know that you're still doing that, but I thought that this was a special occasion because you've just written a new book. And the book is called Get Out of the Rabbit Hole, Building Confidence to Overcome Self-Doubt, Improve Performance and Reach Your Potential. And for me, that um, seemed like a perfect time for you to come on the show because you stepped it up now to the next level as well um, with your uh, book and everything that goes along with it. So congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. You're welcome. And second, now I want to talk about it. So I want to know, first of all, um, how you got the title for the book, because I love the, the title, Get Out of the Rabbit Hole. And I'm always well, in the rabbit hole, so I get it. But I want you to come tell me about it. Oh, well, didn't expect you to. That would be the first thing. Oh, really? Say. Okay. Well, you never know, right? I am happy to talk about the title. Um, so the, there are 12 chapters in the book. Yeah. And they're all a really independent chapter. But the main chapter, which is chapter six, six that's in the middle of the book, it actually describes a relationship I had once with a close and trusted friend. And for the book purposes, we named her Carol. And so Carol's words that I replay daily in my mind caused me to doubt myself and actually sent my thoughts down the rabbit hole. So the name of the book is Get Out of the Rabbit Hole building confidence to overcome self-doubt, improve performance, and reach your potential. And often we don't even realize how the words of those that we trust affect our actions, and they really ultimately affect the goals that we set out to achieve. And so we all have people like that in our lives. And, you know, for every negative experience, we can turn it around and make it into a positive experience. It does take time and effort. Uh, but for me, the positive was that made me realize that I shouldn't let negative people 
take my thoughts down the rabbit hole and I had to figure out how to get out, uh, which took a long time. And that's another reason I wrote the book. I wanted to help other people not to go down the same path. And um, I provided the tools necessary to take their thoughts, redirect them so that they don't go down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And it, it does take a lot of effort to, um, again, I, I often come back to this, this um, phrase that uh, one of my mentors, whom you know, Cody Bateman, always yes. said, the story in your mind becomes the story of your life. So you've got to change the story in your mind, right? And in this, this is exactly what you're talking about, changing it from the negative influence to a positive influence. And it's just a switch, but it isn't just a switch, right? It takes a lot of time. It takes a really long time. It takes right. a really long time. And, you know, the interesting thing that carols, you know, there's a yeah. carol in the book, yeah. but carols and the lives don't always show up in our 40s or in our 50s. Um, you know, we could we could be carrying something that maybe a parent said or a coach or maybe, um, uh, you know, a teacher and they, they might not have even meant it. They could have said it out of anger. And maybe they said, you know, you're not good enough. You'll never make anything out of our, yourself. And you carry these words in your mind. And they really anytime you encounter a challenge, um, these words ring and they set you back. And if we don't have the strategies how to deal with them it's very difficult to succeed. And like I said, you don't have to be in your 40s, 50s. I mean, you could be, you know, when you were a teen. Yeah, exactly. And it's just something that stayed with you a long time. Yes. So um, I love the way you have laid the book out. And in each chapter, you tell a story, a personal story that then you give the audience, the reader, the strategies for um for making these things work, like how you got out of it. And then, so it, it, it ranges from, which I thought was really funny and, and entertaining in the chapter about dress matters, which was mm -hmm. chapter uh, three. No. Yes. Yeah. Chapter three. Chapter and three. Yes. Yeah. Because I, um, this goes back a long time. Right. And it's all about first impressions. Right. And you can maybe share a little bit of it with us because I think the strategies are great. Thank you. And I'm just going to take it for a second. And as you said, every chapter has a personal story. And in each through each uh, through each story, you know, uh, people can relate and people can say, hey, they can transpose themselves in, in, into themselves into my story. And they said, I've been there. I understand. And strategies fade, but stories stay. So they might forget the strategies, but if they remember the stories, they'll remember the strategies. But the big thing, you know, we always hear so much about dressing up, you know, dress for success. You hear so much about it. And yes, it is very important, um, you know, because whatever you wear, it's, it's going to make a first impression or not. And you only have seconds to make the first impression. And that's what really people think about you know, I need to look good because I want to make a first impression. I'm going to this event, but it's not just what your clothes say about you to other people. It's also what your clothes say to you. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, you know, you take, um, it's like a, like a gas gauge and 
put on and see how you feel. Don't even worry yet about how, what it projects to other people, but how do you feel? So you might put something on and you know it has a, a high tag price and maybe it's a brand name and you know that it looks good, but if you don't feel comfortable in it or if you're gonna be demonstrating something and you're gonna raise your arms and your shirt's gonna raise, raise up, you are not going to have that confidence. So the main point out of that chapter is it's not just what your clothes say about you, but it's what they say to you. Right. Which is beautiful because that's the first and foremost thing, right? Because if you don't, absolutely, yeah, that then you're not going to be confident. Um, another piece in the book that I loved and actually what this reminded me of was my mother. And uh, the chapter is compliments chapter six i think it is or no not chapter it's chapter five it's chapter five Um, yes it says uh it's a please accept my gift story and you have a quote at the beginning i get awkward when someone compliments me and i don't know what to say they say you look pretty today and and i say happy birthday birthday (laughs) yeah exactly and um it reminded me so much of my mother because for so many years my mother did not feel worthy and you would she'd always look a hundred percent and loved clothes and loved to you know uh, entertain people and if you sent her a thank you note she'd send one back thanking you for the thank you note like this is how she wanted to always it wasn't she was trying to do anything other than just be grateful of the other people and you you in the strategies in this chapter you talk about how um, uh, being able to accept a compliment helps build relationships. And I highlighted this because I want to just read it. When you accept compliments from those you don't know or don't know well, you have an opportunity to thank them and start a conversation. Accepting compliments creates the opportunity to develop relationships. And because I'm all about relationships, I that jumped out at me as well as it reminding me of my mother, the story that you told. Um, I thought that this was a really good strategy for relationship building. So I'd just like to hear your, your take on what you want to share. Um, about the chapter. So a lot of times when people get a compliment and let's just transpose ourselves, say we're in a business meeting and you're hoping to get the business of this potential client and the client compliments you on something and you say, oh, this dress is so old. Oh, I bought this suit years ago because you're thinking you're downplaying and you're being humble, but in turn, you are not. So the first, there's there's so many aspects to you not being able to accept a compliment. The first thing you're doing is, oh my gosh, I gave them a compliment and they did not like the address or whatever. Now you feel like I have to give them another compliment. <laughs> and so now you're scrambling. What else can I tell? Say if it's to Janice, what else can I tell to Janice? Oh my gosh, you know, your hair looks great. And so you're scrambling to find another compliment. And then another thought is if you are not worthy to accept a compliment, why should you be worthy to accept their business? And so if you just met someone, you're already starting a relationship on the wrong note. And on a negative note, because you just made the person who gave you a compliment, you really deflected their compliment. You kind of knocked it down and put the other person in a really awkward situation. Well, what do I say to make Janice feel better? And um, so, but the interesting thing is, so how does it give you confidence? 
But knowing what to do when somebody gives you a compliment, if you know that you just need to accept it, not just that you need to accept it, you have confidence. That already gave you a confidence boost. So if we just met and I give Janice a compliment and she said, thank you, or thank you for your compliment. If you don't know what to say or how to accept it, I give many ways. But if you just say thank you, it means a lot, or thank you for the compliment, that's literally all you need to say. And now you're just starting, you're starting this meeting on a positive note. It's open, it's welcoming, and the other person doesn't feel like they have to give you another compliment. And also a lot of people feel like once somebody gives you a compliment, you have to compliment them back. Um, don't do that because that does not come out authentic. Right. So if you say, oh, I like your dress and you say, well, I like your dress as well. So you really don't want to do that. But I give these strategies and they seem so simple, but uh, but following them will help you build confidence and improve relationships, as you said. Mm -hmm. And the first relationship, I think maybe we discussed it a few days ago, the first relationship that matters most is a relationship you have to, with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't value that relationship with yourself, if you don't value yourself enough, then why should anyone else? Exactly. So good. Um, so I think there's an interesting question um, about confidence um, because I often ask people um, about curiosity and is it learned or like, is it innate or is it learned? And you have a question that came up that I think is worthy of talking about too. So can can somebody? Yes, I think I think they can become confident, and I think that's that's um, that's evident in your book if you follow the strategies to build confidence. I think it works. But are you born with it or is it learned? I think that's a different piece, and I, I, I'd like to hear your take on that. So we, um, you know, throughout our lives, we often hear people say. Um, you need to be confident. Or sometimes we think when I'm confident, or a lot of times you, can, you hear parents say you need to be more confident, yet no one ever says, here's how you do it. And that's right. another reason why I wrote this book. So the problem remains, how do you become confident? And the story, if I took you back, um, took you back and you say, well, here I am. Obviously, you can hear my accent. So if you're wondering, um, I immigrated to this country when I was 15 years old. I did not speak a word of English. So how does someone like myself talks about confidence? And so it was during my college days that I decided I was studying accounting and I decided to go sell vacuum cleaners door to door. That sounded like a fun thing to do. And I was learning to speak English and and so I spent a lot of time shadowing other people, learning all the sales skills, and I was so good at it. I can close any sales. I can overcome any objections because I learned the skills. There were tools for me to learn. But then I was missing one thing. I had a hard time getting through the front door. Once I was in the door, I had it. So I realized I was missing one component, and that's that confidence to get through that front door. And so what I realized is that while if you wanted to learn how to cook, Oh, they're cookbooks. If you want to learn how to drive, hey, you can go take driving lessons. But there was no, there were no instructions on manuals on how to become confident. And really trying to become confident without the tools needed was difficult. And that's when my quest began on, hey, can you learn confidence? Is that a learned trait? And so it took me, it's been a 30-year journey <laughs> trying to figure out. And so during that time, I have discovered that confidence can be learned. 
practiced and mastered just like any other skill. Just like you exercise the muscle in your body, you can also exercise your mind to build confidence. You just need to know what to do. So you learn it, you practice it, and then you master it. Does it take time? Absolutely. And so in my book, I outline 12 confidence building strategies. And it's not if you ask me, well, if I do them, if I read the book in one week or in one day and I go practice them, am I going to become instantly confident? Of course not. So my best advice is read a chapter and go practice it for a week. Read another chapter, add to it and go practice it. And over time, when you can um, when you can perform these strategies without even thinking you will absolutely gain confidence. You will absolutely, people will notice. You will become more confident. You will become a better a better person overall, a better parent, a better spouse, a better significant other. So you will become a better person. So yes, you can absolutely learn and become confident. I think that there are people, however, that I think of when I was a kid even, that I can remember, you know, people who, just oozed confidence as kids or as teenagers, whatever. And they were the ones that were quite often the, um, maybe they were the valedictorian in school, or maybe they were the leader of whatever was going on because they, they stood tall, they knew who they were, and they had that inner confidence. Um, do you think that there are those people? Have you come across those people in your world? I think there's also, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, especially when it comes to salespeople. Yes. Um, And then, yes, I I do think that maybe some people are born a little bit more inclined towards being confident or possibly their parents. So I think their parents or the people around them, they have observed things and they have applied what they've learned versus some other kids that might not have. So role modeling, yeah, as exactly as role models, you have to look at, you know, who are your role models? Who are the people around you? What are they? uh, What are they exhibiting? Um, Since you brought this up, I will mention I was doing training for this company and we were doing strictly confidence. uh, Actually, we're doing sales training, but as part of it is always a confidence training. And so this this gentleman would go home and he would share what he's learned um, from every, we did I think weekly or monthly, and he would share it with his fam- with his with his fifteen year old daughter. Actually, her quote is in my book. Um, her oh. endorsement from a fifteen year old, and oh. she was a professional, not professional, but she was uh, playing sports. And so he would share it with her every time that we had training session. And he shared with me that one time the mom said something negative and she said, mom, we're not being negative. This is not going to help us succeed in life, but this is what the kids are observing. So if you're observing, if your parents, which most of us, most of people really truly tend to lean on the negative side, we kind of expect negative outcomes. And so that does affect those kids. So mm-hmm. I do think that, yes, absolutely what you're saying, that some of those kids, yes, it's part of staying tall. Your body language um, will affect it. And if you want, I can, I, I have been asked, are there habits that are destroying your confidence on a daily basis? I have been asked that question, you know, a few times. And so possibly it's something you do, or if you observe as a teen, you observe, or as a kid, your parents do it, then it's very difficult for you to be growing up as 
as a confident, you know, teenager or adult. And those are negative self-talk. Yeah. Because especially when we're faced in with challenging situations, so our tendencies to engage in negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. And then also we expect negative outcomes as our mind, right. our mind is just programmed, you know, that way we expect the negatives. And then of course, self-doubt. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we discussed it and people experience self-doubt for a variety of reasons, you know, including, you know, they are bringing somebody that somebody said, maybe they're extremely competitive or maybe they are perfectionist. So, so there are different things, but yes, to answer your questions, I think some kids are okay. based on their environment. So it was something that came up yesterday. You and I were working together yesterday on, an, on something completely different. and. Um, and you, you exhibited this amazing attribute of being able to visualize. And when you visualize something, I, and I don't have that, I don't see pictures the same way. I, I don't think I've trained my brain that way enough. And I love it. I love that you are, that this is one chapter in the book as well called Visualize It. And you say the subtitle is my eyes made it happen story. And I love the story and I love what happened. And I wondered if you'd share that story. Do you remember the, the story I'm referring to? Um, I do. I do. It was, um, it was, of course, of course I do. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, it was after my corporate career. And at the time we had three kids, well, we had the, the younger, the young, the younger one was, um, had some, health challenges, which caused me to retire from corporate life. And it was during that time that I decided to start this little side gig on the side. And it was a jewelry business and uh, it was a custom jewelry. And I thought, you know, it would be fun while I'm being a homeroom mom and I'm doing this. And so I really wanted to get this jewelry into, um, into a, a, this fancy spa. I'm in. Right. And one time I walked in and I saw I walked into the spa and I saw all of this jewelry that they had a jewelry display. And I went and I asked, um, are you looking for any vendors? And of course the answer was no, that they, you know, we, they have not added. And the first thing as I stood there, I mean, I was just in shock and I'm sure the lady was thinking, oh my gosh, she's crazy. She just stood there. I'm not yeah. moving. I'm not saying anything. And all of a sudden I did not see the candles, the body wraps or the, the jewelry that was there. All I saw was my jewelry. I saw it on every shelf. I saw it displayed. I saw it everywhere. And so that visualization drove me to create an action plan and to follow my steps instead of, you know, the tendency when we expect negative outcome, you say, oh, well, you know, it'll never happen. You know, I'm just beginning. I only started a month right. ago. Who would bring my jewelry in here? Right. And so, yes, the visualization um, really, really helps, you know, and it does not, the visualization does not replace the work that no, needs not. to take place. Yeah. But what happens with visualization is that you go through the action twice through the action. So you go once in your mind, then you plan it really three times. And then when you meet, then you already over, you already overcame all the objections. You already came up with all the answers. So it's, it really, it, it just helps to bring your aspirations to life. And if you look at, you know, the ancient monks, if you look at celebrities, if you really talk to athletes who've achieved, you know, the highest level, they will tell you it all starts in your mind. It starts with visualizing yourself 
achieving that goal. And so the strategies um, I give in the book for visualization, you know, how do you achieve it? What do you have to go through? So thank you for picking on that chapter. I think it's very, it is very important chapter. It is, but you have to finish the story. Yeah. You have to finish the story. Oh, with the visualization that- um, With that, the jewelry. Yes, what you the did. Jewelry, they did, yes, they did. I, I did call and I did set up a meeting and um, I was, because of visualization that I was able to visualize where every piece would be on which shelf. Yeah. So to down to the point where I, I told them, well, you have these body wraps that you really haven't sold a whole lot, but if I put my piece over here, it's going to bring the attention to it. But that all happened in, you know, in my mind first. And then I brought it to the manager and very, after the meeting, it was, we'll get back with you. And it was within, it was so fast when they got back with me and they said, um, we would love to carry your jewelry. I know that's amazing. There. And so, yeah. so yeah, so that was, um, you know, it was a very, very exciting moment for somebody who's just, you know, started to do something and been at it for a month. But that's not, that also though comes back to the fact that number one, you're a great salesperson and number two, you're an entrepreneur and, you know, you had all of those things going for you, but the visualization is what jumped out at me. That's why I love the story. And you're right. You know, um, there was just um, the NBA basketball draft was just last month and watching the new players coming out of school. And I don't know if you're familiar because I know you're a basketball family like we are, but maybe not to, in the same way. But we were watching the draft and there was a set of twins and they were drafted fourth and fifth out mm -hmm. of everything. And that's number one, it was the first of its kind at, that they had twins drafted. But number two, they were, um, I read a story about them in magazine just last week. And both of them, since they were like five years old, had been visualizing being in the NBA. It's, and you, like you said it previously, that it's with people that reach a high level like that, that is often the beginning, is having that vision and maintaining that vision throughout and believing it, right? Because it's the belief. And believing it. Because it's very, it's very difficult because, you know, you're going you're gonna to encounter daily ups and downs. You know, it's not yeah. always great you know, you will be defeated by other teams. You have to break through the mental, um, you know, the mental barrier because it's not always, you know, it's not always uh, ro roses or whatever they say. Right, right. So you have to work hard, but the tendency is, oh my gosh, these kids are better than, than we are. We'll never make it to the NBA, but you cannot win with that kind of attitude. Right. Because if you see yourself daily, you, if even if you have to cut out the pictures, I know I think I, I talk in one of the other picture in one of the other chapters that I was trying to help my roommate lose weight, and yeah. it's also the visualization. So um, it was a college roommate, and so I took a picture of her favorite celebrity, and then I took a picture of her, and I cut out her face and put it um, on body. top of the celebrity's face, yeah. that creates a visualization. Hey, this is my, you know, my idol. I want to look like that. And when you, and I hung it in our closet. And so every day when she would look at it, you know, it made her made healthier choices. So that's also visualization and it can play a huge part in just about anything that we want to accomplish. 
Mm-hmm. Even writing writing a book never did in my life did I think that I would write a book. But the first thing is, you know, you visual you visualize, you visualize people reading it, you visualize the impact it's gonna make on others. So very it, it's very important. That's that's so great. And um and comes with uh this new venture that you're on. So you're from this book, you're still doing your sales training and all the different aspects of um, sales training. And now you're going on the road with your book, right? Now you want to share this information by talking on stages and, and in uh, groups of people that you can spread the word. Now, I understand there's a workbook that goes with this. Ah. There's a workbook. Yeah. And um, it's a get out of the rabbit hole workbook, um, developing your confidence building strategies. And that's really the only way, the best way that you can put all the strategies to practice because then you can apply them to yourself. Um, the nice thing about the book is, you know, you don't have to write on margins. I didn't have to leave you empty spaces. But the cool thing is it's, it has a by chapter, it's structured by chapter and it gives you examples. And then you write out um, you write out the situations based, you know, based on sure. your situation. Right. And um, a, a lot of chapters have a moment of truth. And this is where you actually write, you know, this is what I do right now, because oftentimes your first thing is think, oh, I don't do that. But if you are going to, if you are going to really take this book and put and put it to use and really become confident. And so the moment of truth is something very important. Um, and we were, me and you were talking, well, earlier we were talking on a podcast about the compliments. And so here's a moment of truth from the compliments chapter. And it says, thinking about the past prior to reading the book, write down your responses to when someone complimented you. If you can't recall, start by paying attention to how people around you respond to compliments and write it down. So an example, I got this shirt years ago from a garage sale. It's most likely out of style now, but I want people to write down because unless they write down and they start catching themselves, you know, it's all about awareness and replacing what they do to something, to what they should be doing to become confident. So that's what the workbook is all about. And it's available on Amazon as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I remember always saying to my mom, when someone was, if I was around her and somebody complimented her, mom, just say, thank you. Just say, thank you. Yeah. Because it was hard for her to do that. Right. So I guess. Yeah. Yes. So last thoughts um, in terms of the strategies that people can do to become more, to apply, to become more confident, what would your top two or three be? to share with my audience. And I'm pretty sure I know what they are because we've talked about it. Go ahead. um, Yes, I I really want to cover uh, probably self-doubt because that's the the main chapter and just some things to to put into people's head because we all have self-doubts and self-doubt does not discriminate against age or or how successful a person is. And self-doubt is a destructive state of mind. And so... um, the first thing, so I'm going to give people three things, actually five things that they need to do, and then they can go for more details into the book. Okay. So the first thing is question the validity of your doubt, of your doubts. Um, is what you, as, as, as I always say, doubt your doubts, doubt your doubts. 
is it really true what you're saying? You know, and maybe you need training or some skills, then great. Then go and get them, get that doubt of your mind. But what I also say is voice, voice what you're thinking to yourself to a group of people that you that love you and your trusted circle. Uh, voice it to your significant others. Voice it to maybe your grown-up kids. Voice it to your best friend who has your best interest in mind. And say, this is what I'm saying to myself. Is it true? Mm. Chances are it's not. They wouldn't agree with you. And probably you should not agree with yourself either. And, uh, you know, and then you possibly could be also hearing the voices of someone else, what someone said to make you feel that way. So that's number one. Question the validity of your doubts. Number two, become consciously aware of when you're talking to yourself. You know, what are you saying? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not the person they're looking for. Nobody's going to read my book. I mean, is that true? No, it's absolutely not true. But these are the things that you go through as you're going through the process. So consciously become aware. And then this is my favorite part. And um, acknowledge and name your doubting thoughts. So Mm -hmm. anytime you hear a doubting thought that that comes, name it. So for me, it was go away rabbit, go away anytime. And to this day, any, you know, because we're not, no one's immune. No one is immune against self-doubt, but if you have the strategies and you know what to do, so you name anytime I have a self-doubting thoughts. And especially in the chapter, when I explain it, name it. So go away rabbit, go away. And then what you want to do is shift your attention to now. And, you know, now is the only really moment that we can control, whether it's through your breathing, through your music, you know, whatever, however it is that you, um, that you um, can come to now Mm -hmm. and then, and then replace them with something positive. You know, I have a separate chapter on I am statements. So if you're saying I am not good enough, who will read my book? I am a great author. I am, um, I will be helping so many people build confidence. So those are just a few, a few strategies really on self-doubt because it affects so many of us. Yeah. It all starts with ourselves, doesn't it? It it does. It absolutely does. So thank you so much for all of that. Um, all the strategies, sharing your stories with us and, um, where can our, where can my audience find you? And I will put it uh, they can find me on my website is sellyourselffor-success.com. Yes. And um, the the book, the book is getoutoftherabbithole.com. And okay. it can be, the book can be purchased on Amazon as well as Barnes and Nobles. Perfect. I will put all that in the show notes. And I do recommend that um, anybody who's an entrepreneur in business uh, should read this book because it definitely brings all of these things to the forefront that we can help that will help make us a better person. Conference. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And thanks for being here. Thank you to my audience. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a, an honest review. Thank you again yeah. and stay connected. Remember. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comments sections below. 
If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.